like we are live on YouTube, so now we can kick the show off. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone listening, wherever and whenever this podcast finds you. So thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Bitcoin Weekly Wrap-Up for September 13th, 2019, if you're watching on YouTube right now, uh, live, it'll be actually recorded on the 12th. So this week's weekly roundup is sponsored by eToro, which is a trusted smart trading platform that's over 12 years old. It conducts over $1 trillion in trading annually. They offer innovative tools and advanced charting features to help you be the best trader that you can be. U.S. customers can now trade the most popular crypto assets with transparent low fees, and if you're new to trading while you are learning, you could practice strategies with their virtual trading tool, letting you use virtual money to test and see how your strategies would react in a real trading environment. You can connect with 11 million other traders where you can discuss trading, charting, and strategies, and anything else trading and Bitcoin related. If you go to digiknowcrypto.com slash eToro, that's E-T-O-R-O, and you that's going to forward you to my affiliate link. But the reason you want to do that is that's going to give you 50 bucks subject to some terms and conditions and you have to deposit a certain amount. Uh, but if you use that link, it's going to help me and you as a listener of the show by letting my sponsors know that you guys are coming through my link and also you get 50 bucks. So everybody wins. It's pretty cool. So head over to digiknowcrypto.com slash eToro. That's digiknowcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. And if you hear a little bit of rumbling, um, there's actually a pretty big thunderstorm coming through right now. So that's um, that's what that noise will be. So hopefully we don't get the power knocked out uh, during, the, uh, during the stream here. So, all right. So the first story that we're going to be talking about is, of course, ones that we always lead with, given that our sponsor is eToro for trading. Uh, we're going to talk about price real quick. Uh, I am not a trader um, per se, and I, this is not financial advice. All this stuff that I'm talking about is just merely educational. Use it as you will and do your own research, of course. So it uh, looks like the price was dipping below 10000 again, uh, but uh, some people have been saying that it's kind of favoring the bulls since it's been trading sideways at about 10000 and it's been um, looking pretty good. Some people have been predicting uh, a breakout, but we will see. So always use your own caution. Make sure that you are practicing um, stop losses and other, you know, strategies to keep, you know, your um, your wealth safe and that you're not um, trading emotionally and all those kinds of things. But um, but anyways, best of luck to you. Well, there's a good rumble right there. Uh, the first story that uh, that we're going to lead off with, actually, the first, you know, two real stories is going to be about uh, kind of a Libra uh, related. Uh, France says it's going to block um, Facebook Libra in Europe. So this is the finance minister. Um, he said that the nation had plans to block Facebook's Libra cryptocurrency in the EU uh, over concern that it poses a threat to the sovereignty of national currencies. And all I have to say to that is obviously, you know, you know what, Sherlock, in that regard. Um, they are basically posturing currently that uh, if Libra is seeking to become a currency and thus be a competition against you know the euro um or the pound well i guess the pound's not really gonna matter pretty soon uh, in terms of the eurozone um then they are gonna they're basically saying that we cannot authorize the development of libra 
on European soil. Um, it, 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 it was a lot of just kind of nationalist kind of uh, central bank kind of talking points and things like that. And, and this is one, this story kind of shows a couple things. Um, first take that I would say is that I think this is more posturing than anything else. I think that a lot of these countries or the conglomerates of countries like the EU are posturing at the moment and they are trying to put pressure on 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 the keep on wanting to say Facebook and I think it's a bit of a misnomer to keep on calling it Facebook uh, because I don't think that eBay, um, MasterCard and Visa are just letting Facebook run with this and do whatever they want. This is a, a group effort. And I think that they are, this is kind of a, just, these are just opening bids and the negotiations and how these things are going to run. Um, the way that Libra presented itself in their white paper that was released, um, that myself along with many others is not just an original thought of mine, is that they, they, the way that they presented it would allow pseudonymous use just like Bitcoin, right? Where you could... The average person is going to use the the Calibra wallet off of Facebook or whatever one that Visa MasterCard set up to use. Uh, but, you know, these custodial wallets. But it did allow the use for you to basically, like in Bitcoin, you can just create your own. You can generate a random address uh, and you can you use that wallet um, to accept Libra. So the way that, you know, there, there's no way to, like in Bitcoin, if you actually mine it, or go to a miner and, and pay cash or whatever to get clean Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin that hasn't passed through an exchange to you and, and all that kind of stuff. With, with Libra, you would have to get it from somebody. You can't just mine it yourself um, or go to somebody who mines it because it's, it's going to be controlled by the association. But you could go to somebody that has uh, Libra, accept it as payments. And as long as there's no paper trail saying that you own that wallet, there's a way to kind of pseudonymously use Libra in a way. I'm guessing this is kind of a opening gambit to changing a little bit of that code and possibly not allowing you to do that among a few other changes. Um, I don't know how, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't, Libra might actually, you know, I, I was fairly certain a few months ago that Libra was actually going to happen. I, I'm a little bit less certain now. Something like Libra is going to happen. A national government can't do it uh, like the u.s is not going to open up u.s coin um, although the you know i think national governments are going to do that eventually there was a i didn't pull up the story so i'm not going to waste your guys' time me uh, tr trying to pull it up but there was a uh, um, pacific island nation that was pulling that that's they're they're creating their own Oh, gosh, I'm sorry that I, sh I should have pulled this up, but they're, they're, they're experimenting with their own crypto national cryptocurrency. Everyone, I think, is going to do this, but I don't think it, it I, I think that the threat that Bitcoin and decentralized currencies, like decentralized money, I think they're starting to understand how disruptive that is. And I don't think each individual country, I think they, a lot of them are realizing or will realize that each individual individual country doing it is not going to work. Uh, it's not going to pose a threat uh, like a more concerted effort that a private company, private pseudo private company can offer. Whereas if you have US coin, it's going to feel like US imperialism um, if France adopts it and, or US, the EU adopts it and, 
and uh, China adopts it or whatever. Um, although I don't, China will never, but you know, uh, various other countries, you know, try to do this. Whereas if it's by default, a public or a private entity that, that has deep ties to national governments is able to do this. I think it's far more likely that it will succeed because it doesn't have the nationalistic competition aspect of we're you know trying to get Canadians to go well we're going to adopt the U.S. crypto now. I think it would be a harder pill to swallow than allowing something like Libra to take hold naturally in the in the internet ecosystem uh, and kind of just naturally allowing it to be kind of default world currency makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more doable than a bunch of individual national ones. Um, and I think they're, they're going to come around to it. The reason that I'm still, I don't want to say bullish. Uh, I'm so, and I don't want to say optimistic because I also don't like it, but, um, but whatever optimistic on Libra's chances of actually happening is because Mark Zuckerberg, I think, is highly underrated by a lot of people in in kind of the millennial, especially Bitcoin crowds, right? Everyone goes, you know, they, they, they steal your privacy and they're, they're data mining you. Yeah, okay, all that. But Mark Zuckerberg, you know, recognized what when, when he was working uh, with the Winklevoss twins to do um, uh, Crimson Connect, for, for the Harvard folks. And it, when he started to realize like, what all that meant, what a social um, network was, and then created the Facebook, you know, and he goes from that, beats out, you know, Friendster, beats out MySpace, just innovates and just dominates. And then goes and he buys Instagram for a billion. Everybody said that he was crazy for doing so. Uh, and then now it's it's making nine times that just in revenue not counting its valuation if you want to sell it right he tried to buy snapchat realizing what snapchat was going to be they did, didn't want to i mean the guy was independent he already had money so he was not wowed by a big offer uh, they just copied it and now snapchat's kind of not doing as well uh, although they haven't instagram hasn't and, and stories of facebook stories have not recaptured quite the youth market like i think they thought they would but anyways he's always at the forefront he's very very good at what he does so I, I don't tend to to bet against yeah hopefully we don't lose power i don't tend to bet against mark zuckerberg um doesn't matter my feelings on how he operates his companies as far as his ability to win i don't i don't bet against him per se um the, the next libra and this kind of relates to bitcoin as well uh was um um sigal mandoker I'm sorry uh, if I butchered that name. Uh, speaking to reporters in Switzerland, she's the Undersecretary of Treasury for Terrorism and Financial Te uh, Intelligence. Uh, she was saying that not only just Libra, but also other cryptocurrencies, ostensibly Bitcoin, um, that operate in uh, or part way uh, in the United States will need to comply with rules and to prevent financial crimes. And she specifically said, and this is a quote, whether it's Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum Libra, our message is the same to all these companies and in money laundering and combating the financing of terrorism has to be built into your design from the get-go. So there's a lot to unpack there. One, obviously, Bitcoin is not a company. There are companies that operate um, in the Bitcoin, you know, space, 
that uh, you know exchanges and uh, payment processors that operate Bitcoin and all these kinds of things. There's no company. There's no there's no Bitcoin company to go after. Um, Ethereum. Ethereum. They've declared it, or at least they, they've uh, they've stated that it's not a security, but it does not mean that they can't go after. It's a lot. Ethereum is much more centralized, uh, in my opinion. I don't think that that's necessarily a, a unique opinion to myself, or it's definitely not a unique opinion to myself. Libra is definitely centralized, right? XRP, um, as much as the, the the XRP army bots don't want to hear about it. Sorry, you guys are centralized. It, it's a lot easier, and and it, this kind of this the the idea that this is. And I would like to, you know, read a little bit the, the actual. I'd like to really see the full interview, but I could not find it um, at the time. But um, it, to, to hear like word for word, I, I the, the Reuters article is is pretty much the same as as the. I can't remember if this was Coin Telegraph or, yeah. Um, so it's a uh, it, it's a uh, it, it betrays. And it could have been, you know, just a, a, a figure of speech that she was using. But it also does betray the fact that they don't really understand a lot of this stuff. Uh, and the the idea of money, AML and KYC being built into Bitcoin. Well, it's it's not built in from the get-go. And it's not going to get-go. And it's not going to happen. Um, so how they want to go about this is, is very interesting. Can you go um, and find, you know, find companies that... Um, that that operate within Bitcoin because they're, you know, uh, allowing Bitcoin to be traded and it doesn't have this built in if they wanted to press it. I don't know. Um, I don't really think so. Like I said, I think a lot of this is posturing and I think they understand that with Bitcoin and a lot of the other crypto assets out there, um, especially Bitcoin, that you, you can't. It's, it's, it's impossible. The cat's out of the bag. You know, Pandora's box is open, whatever other analogy that you want to use. Uh, it's it's already too late. So I think what they're looking to do is pressure Libra into making some changes. And then once Libra and these national governments kind of have like an understanding and start to go forward, there's going to be a PR push. There's going to be a lot of bad press coming out. You're not going to see these really, you know, CFTC interviews and things going, oh, yeah, you know, this, you know, we just want to, you know, do we just want to help. I think you're going to see a PR push that Bitcoin's bad, Bitcoin finances terrorism, Bitcoin finances human trafficking, Bitcoin fill in the blank, whatever the worst thing that you can think of that's done um, through illegal markets is going to be that that 2013, because that was a really big push in 2013, uh, post Silk Road was, was pushed. And we're going to see a rehash of that. And we're going to see Bitcoin is the dark, seedy, yucky thing, Libra is the regulated it's the good one you know it's the ones that are operated by all these you know good guys like visa and mastercard i think that's what you're gonna see um the next story was this was just kind of interesting so this was actually i didn't cover it last week but um it was it was from last week was the bitcoin whale uh who moved a billion dollars in bitcoin and i believe that it was Yeah, um, looks like uh, Huobi Global, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, was uh, was the ones that were kind of maybe behind it. But it was 94,000 Bitcoin. And it was really funny, actually, that if you actually looked at it, 
the guy for it, it it just seemed like something that every you know everybody does you know even though i've sent bitcoin to various you know like for years i still will do like if it's you know to a new wallet i'll you know i'll still send you know just like a you know like a dust transaction to it basically you know it, it makes no sense but i still do it and then once i see it confirmed then i send the rest of it right so he sent 0.1 bitcoin and then sent 94,000 Bitcoin, and then for some reason sent one other singular Bitcoin. Maybe that was just left over. It was supposed to be 94,506 instead of 94,505. Um, and then they spent, what was it, $700, I think, in the fees, which is funny because it, I mean, it's, yes, Bitcoin BTC fees are, are much higher than than a lot of the other cryptocurrencies but seven dollars even for a transaction or seven hundred dollars for a transaction is ridiculous i mean even if you wanted to get it um you know it, it was it was overly done it was just um i, I don't know it, to me it seemed like this was indications of somebody that was in charge of a lot of money that was still very new to bitcoin is kind of what this read to me um but I just thought it was interesting. I thought it just, it was funny to me. I just it was funny when I looked at that and it was like 0.1 Bitcoin, then 94,000 Bitcoin. Um, um, so I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. And then the last story that I was going to be looking at was the uh, $2 billion lost in Mt. Gox. Bitcoin hack can be recovered, lawyer claims. So the Moscow-based law firm ZP Legal um, claims to have identified Russian nationals um, who received Bitcoin stolen in the 2014 hack of Mt. Gox. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of it is related to the Ale uh, Alexander Vinnick, um, the guy who ran BTCE exchange, which is an old school exchange. Anybody that's been around in Bitcoin for a while uh, probably remembers that exchange um, in their, their infamous troll box, which I always thought was hilarious. Um, and uh, the Mt. Gox creditors um, were saying that ZP Legal contacted them earlier this year offering an opportunity for them to recover about a quarter of the missing 850,000 uh, Bitcoins um, that um, that would be um, about $2 billion um, as of today. And this is really interesting. I'm not going to like go over all the kind of details of the case, but um, it is really interesting to think of what's going to happen with that. And... Um, because I think that it's much that the, the chances of a you know like a Craig Wright um, dumping of of Bitcoin BTC come January um, is probably a you, you probably have a better chance of winning the Powerball than that actually that actually happening. This sounds like it has a pretty good chance of happening. So what does that actually mean? What's it going to mean for markets? Um, you know. Would this? Uh, sorry, it's it's raining pretty heavily now. So if you hear a lot of that background noise, that's what it is. Um, what would happen with that? So a lot of the people that would have had Bitcoin at that time uh, would have been old school Bitcoiners. But how many of those people have really stuck around or still there uh, and would be receiving this? I think that a lot of the people that got burned during Mount Gox probably have not stayed uh, in Bitcoin. They probably became very bitter. And that combined with a highly appreciated asset. So what was, uh, was it Mt. Gox? So what was that date exactly? Um, yeah, it wasn't, 
was that 2014? Um, yeah, so it was like, yeah, so, um, what was the price in February 2014? Bitcoin price, I think it was probably around, gosh. So, yeah, that's right, because it gone up to like 1200, then it was 550, so about $600 or so. Um, and, you know, if you think that people that might have had, you know, a couple Bitcoin in there, um, or, you know, people that had like $10,000 in Bitcoin, you know, and have, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 Bitcoin that are now worth a lot of money um, and and basically getting hacked would probably maybe one of the better financial things that ever happened to them in the end of this. I think a lot of them are actually probably going to, to, to dump it. Um, and now that I believe the Mt. Gox creditors, um, the Mt. Gox creditors are not going to be doing market dumps anymore. If I remember from a story earlier, don't don't quote me, that they will actually be offering the ability for people to take it in Bitcoin um, versus in, I think it's actually going to be in Japanese yen um, because this is being hand, handled in, in Japan. But anyways, fiat versus, versus Bitcoin. So I think a lot of them are probably going to dump. So I think that if whenever this... If this actually happens, I think you are going to see a, a price contraction. Not financial advice again. This is just my feeling on it. I think that a lot of people that got burned then probably didn't stick around. There are some that did. You know, you talk to some OG Bitcoiners, and there's a lot of those folks that that were like, oh, you know, that, that talk about how yeah, oh, yeah, I had money in Mt. Gox. I mean, then again, it was you know, the, the largest one at the time still. Um, and it, it'll be very interesting to to see, you know, how how all that pans out. But um, Let's look. I don't. I don't. I didn't see anything else that I specifically wanted to talk about. And yeah, there. I mean, there's a few little things in there. There was um, the CryptoKitties people were doing some sort of um, um, new token and and all that kind of good stuff. And great. Um, so that's all I really had for the weekly roundup. If you guys have ideas for stories, th things that you see during the week, feel free to, you know, reach out and send me those stories. I would appreciate it. And feel free to contact me, you know, on the YouTube, the YouTube, gosh, I sound like I'm like 55. Uh, you know, feel free to, to comment um, on any of my videos. I will answer you right away. I'm also on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, pretty much any social media and um, feel free to reach out to me dm me get a hold of me email me whatever you want i'm always available i always like talking to you guys so feel free to do that i appreciate you guys watching appreciate you guys listening um you can head over to did you know crypto.com for all the links to you know all the um uh, social media platforms that i'm on uh if you're on youtube um here what's actually posted and go off live you will see the link to go to etoro so head over there, sign up with my affiliate link. You'll help me out. You'll let them know that you listen, watch, whatever. And um, you'll also let them, um, um, or you'll also get 50 bucks. So pretty cool deal. Everybody wins. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. 